Good morning, church. So this morning, your sermon, humbly offered, comes to you via this amazing technology of video recording and video streaming as uh, Blair and I are in Annapolis for the wedding of a, a friend of more than 30 years. So believe it or not, uh, this is a great example for this morning's text, the fact that, um, that I am being gathered into the midst of the church and its worship this morning uh, in this unique way, thanks to this technology. So I assume that at this point you've just heard Elder Clerk of Session Mike Henry proclaim the word of the Lord to the church this morning, or if it wasn't Mike, it was someone uh, Mike delegated to that honor. So nicely done, Mike, or other person. Thanks be to God for this word from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. So Paul wrote this letter after he left Corinth, having helped to plant the church there, uh, before moving on to the next town to do the same. And he wrote to the Corinthians because he was getting these reports back to him that there was quarreling and dissension and division among the church. So he wrote to them to remind them of their Christian identity, which is, as we considered last week, a community of koinonia, connected and interconnected, belonging together, sharing all resources in common as the basis of life together. We affirmed last week that we do not gather of our volition and in accordance with our own preferences and agendas as an individual practice. We are gathered by God according to God's desires and agenda. A metaphor that Paul leans on in this letter in order to make this pastoral reminder to the Corinthians was the metaphor of the human body. So first, in this metaphor, Paul reminds the church that God gathers people into one united and interconnected body. Just as all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ, he writes. Being the church is not about the individual. It's about the collective. Being the church is not about uh, being a group of differentiated believers sitting in close proximity to one another, but disconnected from each other, seeking only his or her own sense of what uh, God is asking them to believe or to do individually, but about what these people become as they're knit together in koinonia, interconnected, each bringing their gifts, talents, resources, interpretations to be held in common, and then discerning what God is asking them to do as a community together. For in the one spirit of God, Paul wrote, we were all baptized into the one body. Our baptism is not just an individual act, but a community act. It is not all about God using the divine stain stick on that individual for that individual's sake. It is about washing away all that might separate that individual from both God and the rest of the community. Confessing that this individual belongs to God and belongs to the collective. When we are baptized, we are no longer on team self, but we join the ranks of team God. We join in the collective and collaborative work of the body of all Christians that's been in operation since Jesus himself first called followers together in Koinonia and then gave them work to do. 
And as we remember our baptisms, we remember Paul's affirmation. Now you are a member of the body of Christ. So second in this metaphor, Paul reminds the church that the expectation can never be that only those who are the same or similar belong together. Can never be our expectation as the church. As it is, Paul wrote, God arranges the members of the body, each and every one of them, as God chooses. And the body, as God has arranged it, does not consist only of one member or one kind of member, but all kinds of different members, each and every kind of member. Our human bodies have nine different sections, 12 different major systems, and 78 different organs. That's a lot of parts. All of these different sections and systems and organs perform critical functions for the sake of the collective effort of the body. To speak, to eat, to move, to smile, to hug, these all take incredible cooperation of countless parts. We struggle to even imagine what we would uh, look like or what we would be like or how we would function if we could function, if our bodies were just a collection of one kind of part. I mean, I'm about 40% cranium and 50% fur, but without the, the other 10% of all these other sections and systems and organs, it would be impossible to do anything as me. Paul uses his example of, of a foot who is sad as it is mistaken that it has to be a hand in order to be a part of the body. That, that poor misguided foot, you are beautiful and you belong as part of the body. Paul also wrote that the eye, with this spirit of arrogance and individualism, cannot say to the hand or the head or to the feet, I have no need of you. Or what can an eyeball by its lonesome do? And so to the contrary, says Paul, those members we label as inferior with our pride, our arrogance, our individualism are actually indispensable to our functioning. God is arranging this body of humanity as God chooses. And God does not choose to create communities of segregation or homogeneity. In Paul's day, this demanded Paul's assertion that we are baptized into a body that includes both Jews and Greeks, people of all races, and includes both slave and free, people of all classes. God's intention was never to create bodies just of of just white people or just educated people or just wealthy people or just English-speaking people or just adults or just Presbyterians or just straight people or just employed people, just sober people, just persons of this kind of politics, just regularly uh, religiously observant people, just people who can come to a certain building at a certain time and sit in a certain seat to do certain things. We cannot say to communities of color, we have no need of you. We cannot say to the uneducated, we have no need of you. We cannot say to the poor, we have no need of you. We cannot say to those who speak other languages, we have no need of you. We cannot say to children, we have no need of you until you're older. We cannot say to those who are Christians of another flavor, we have no need of you. We cannot say to the LGBTQ community, we have no need of you. We cannot say to the unemployed, we have no need of you. We cannot say to the addicted, we have no need of you. We cannot say to the unemployed, uh, the addicted said that already, 
cannot say to those of other political views, we have no need of you. We cannot say to the non-religious, we have no need of you. We cannot say to those who connect to us are gathered by God unto the community of the church through Zoom instead of coming in person, that if you can't get here in person, then we have no need of you. We cannot say any of these things. We cannot make any of these neighbors and fellow children of God feel as though they are not worthy of belonging to the body like that poor foot. Because though the members are varied and different, we are all part of one body. As active and valued as some members may be, like that eye who fell to the temptations of arrogance and individualism, they cannot do anything apart from their belonging to the larger body. It is the connected and cooperative body that is able to function. And so Paul says to the Corinthians, all these people you're tempted to label as inferior or weaker of no use to you, they are actually indispensable. The body can only function as it's supposed to by God's design and intention if all the parts are together working in collaboration. It is God's intention and Christ's vision for this world, the heavenly kingdom of peace uh, coming in fullness on earth. And it, the people of God and the followers of Jesus then are those whose primary calling and function it is to participate in that vision, in the reconciliation of all the various members and parts back into the one connected and interconnected body. If that's true, then the church cannot function in the way it is intended by God and by Christ its head to function if it is homogenous. Or if it is uh, either intentionally or unintentionally nurturing homogeneity with a priority on particular preferences or styles or beliefs that only apply to some and not to all, rather than nurturing a connected body by prioritizing faithfulness to the will of God and the belonging of each and every member gathered to the body by God, regardless of preference or style or belief. When the church becomes homogenous, it becomes a, a club for members who are similar. And instead of functioning as God intended, as a connected collaborative body that both incarnates God's will of peace in the community of all people and participates in larger efforts to nurture that peace among all peoples and nations in the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, instead, it functions only for the sake of those who are the same or similar. It becomes a gathering of fingers and toes with a sense that they choose to belong together because they are the same or similar in the ways that they look and function and because they need and desire the same things in personally. They either say directly or infer that they have no need of any other kind of member. However, all the while, they're unable to do that which the whole body could do in concert. A group of digits is not a body. It's just a group of fingers and toes that will not be able to grow into the fullness of their identity and functionality until they are joined by all the other members of the body. They only make sense as they are connected in the body. A group of people who look the same, 
think and speak the same, have the same kind of bank accounts, homes, education levels, life experiences, believe the same, sing the same, pray the same, who say to others because of the ways uh, they look, speak, love, believe, or join in being gathered by God with the help of technologies, we have no need of you. That is not God's will for the church. That is the intentional avoidance of koinonia, connectedness and peace, rather than the gathering collaboration of the body of all members who are different from one another. God is arranging the body. We are all baptized into this body, and all people are indispensable as we seek God's will together. So third in this metaphor, Paul reminds the church that the one united body of Christ ought to be characterized by care and not by dissension. Not unlike the churches we've known it. The Christians in Corinth all those centuries ago were cutting themselves off from one another, dividing and segregating into smaller circles of homogeneity and similarity along the lines of what they believed to be true about particular things. Even those particular things that they argued and split over are the same things that we're still arguing about and dividing over centuries later. Gender, sexuality, leadership, legalism. Who truly belongs? So Paul reminded them, God has so arranged the body that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. God's will for humanity and Jesus' design for his church is not dissension and division. God's will is not that we continue to focus so centrally on how we believe differently about certain theological concepts, ignoring the Spirit's call to confess in humility that we cannot fully know all truth as though we were God, or focus so centrally on our own desires and our own preferences for how we do or decorate things in, our, in these buildings that we have, that we divide from one another along the lines of belief and preference because we think that these are more important than what we do together in accordance with God's will. And so Paul reminds them that if they encounter another person of different looks or language or beliefs or preferences, that the Christian response is not to sever that member and act as though they're not needed, but instead to care for that person as though they belong. With the understanding that what God is intending you to accomplish can only be done together. God's design for humanity, Christ's design for his church as its head. The koinonia of all people. No divisions or segregations or antagonisms. Jews and Greeks united, servants and masters united, working collaboratively according to God's agenda and not the agenda of one or the other. All of that cannot be accomplished by any individual member or group of same or similar members that is severed and segregated away from the rest of the body. God's will of the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven cannot exist where people are holding each other separate from one another with intentionality. God is seeking to gather and arrange all of the members of God's body of humanity together in connectedness, koinonia sharing, and the well-being of all people in true peace. God is seeking to gather and arrange all of God's people of every color, creed, race, 
age orientation, class uh, mode of connecting to that body into one community of peace that is not characterized in any way by dissension or division and the ways that some members intentionally differentiate and separate themselves from other members, but instead by a universal and unconditional care for all other members. The love offered to all neighbors with the love of Christ as our example and as our call. And so may God help us. May God help us to see that the goal of our spiritual, religious, and physical lives is not individual desires met. What is corporate well-being? And not the kind of exclusive and club-like well-being of some who are gathered corporately and in some homogenous way, but the unconditional and universal corporate well-being of all the varied members of the body. May God help us to stop saying directly or inferring through our norms and practices that we have no need for others who do not fit into what we want church to be, but instead to see that all others are indispensable to God's efforts to gather us all together into the one body that both incarnates and then participates in God's will of peace. May God help us to be characterized not by what makes our sameness different from others in a place of theological or physical segregation, but characterized by our faithfulness in caring for all others, not just ourselves, but caring for every last member of our community. So we've taken some incredible steps over these last few years toward being a more inclusive and caring body rather than seeking to be a homogenous group of similar parts. And with God's help and guidance and by the addition of the stories and the voices of those who are not like us, speaking into our life together as we encounter them in these new ways, we will take even more steps forward in faith. Thanks be to God. And may God now bless you in this time of prayerful reflection upon the word that has been offered to the church this morning. Peace.